Cardi Kaylee, Celtic music from across the globe and across town. I'm Dave Baghdad, and I'm so glad you could join us. On tonight's show, we'll conclude our Indie Irish Fest preview and speak with members of the Hounds of Finn. Thanks for being here. This program was made possible by support from Indie Irish Fest and Nine Irish Brothers, as well as donations from the friends of the Kitchen Party Cayley. Cade Mila Falcha, you're very welcome here for this 59th edition of the Kitchen Party Cayley. I'm your host, Dave Baghdad, and we have a great show for you. Some things you may know, and a lot you probably don't. Our programming this week is sponsored by Indie Irish Fest, now less than a week away, as well as Nine Irish Brothers. Tonight's all about Indie Irish Fest, and all the tracks you'll hear come from artists who will be appearing at this year's fest. We're going to start right off this week with a brilliant track from The Elders, and specifically from their brand new studio album, Story Road. As we heard from lead singer Ian Byrne last week, the group is on a roll now, having released their first studio album in three years, and their fourth live DVD, both featuring their great new fiddler, Colin Farrell, who joined Steve Phillips on guitar, Norm Dowler on bass, Brent Hode on keys, Kean Byrne on drums, and Ian on lead vocals and percussion. Let's enjoy a track now from Story Road called Meeting of the Waters. We'll follow this new music from the Elders with a song from Burning Bridget Cleary, one of the groups who will be playing Indie Irish Fest for the first time this year, right after we hear the Elders with Meeting of the Waters on the Kitchen Party Cayley. Thank you. 
Down in his prison cell And those who read about his crimes Condemned his soul to hell Saying go down, you murderer, go down For the killing of his own dear wife And the murder of his child The jury found him guilty The hanging judge he smiled Saying go down, you murderer, go down They took Tim Evans from the dock And they led him to his cell they close the door behind this back saying, damn your soul to hell. Saying, go down, you murderer, go down, you murderer, go down. His own dear wife, nor caused this child to die. Saying, Go down, you murderer, go down. Tim Evans walked around the yard, some screws they walked behind. He saw the sky above the wall, he knew no peace of mind. Saying, Go down, you murderer, go down. The governor came to his cell, the chaplain by his side. Saying, Your appeal has been turned down, prepare yourself to die. Saying, Go down. You murderer, go down, you murderer, go down. (laughs) 
place where the hangman did repair. They tied a rope around his neck with a knot behind his ear, saying, Go down, you murderer, go down. A thousand lads were screaming and cursing at the door. Tim Evans didn't hear them, he was deaf forevermore, saying, Go down, you murderer, go down. They sent Tim Evans to the docks for a crime he didn't do. It's Christie was the murderer, the judge and jury too. Saying go down, you murderer, go down, you murderer, go down. Saying go down, you murderer, go down, you murderer, go down, you murderer, go Burning Bridget Cleary there, soon to join us here as a first-time visitor to Indie Irish Fest. The band has just put out its fourth CD, Pressed for Time, and from that, we heard the ballad of Tim Evans. Featured there were Rose Baldino on fiddle and vocals, Deirdre Lachman also on fiddle and vocals, Lou Baldino on guitar and vocals, and Peter Trezzi on percussion. I'm sure you're curious about the group's name, as I was, and it refers to the last witch burned in Ireland. We're looking forward to hearing them at Irish Fest, along with the group which preceded them, the Elders, from whom we heard Meeting of the Waters from their brand new studio album, Story Road. Let's press on now with the Kells, longtime festival favorites from Columbus, Ohio. We'll hear a medley of Rachel's Tune and Christmas Eve from their 2013 album, Smooth Sailing After All, and featured here are Brian McCoy on flute, Kim Rattan McCoy on guitar, Doug Rudy on mandolin, and Eddie Cotter on boron. We'll follow that with a non-traditional traditional song from the Fighting Jamesons, but first, here are the Kells on the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
series. Black is the color of my true love's hair. Her lips are like some roses fair. She has the sweetest smile and the gentlest hands. And I love the ground whereon she stands. Yes, I love my love And well she knows I love the ground Whereon she goes I wish the day It soon would come When she and I would be as one Fighting Jamesons there with Black as the Color from their 2012 EP Mid the Green Fields. And I remind you that on Thursday, September 11th, Irish Fest will offer a special kickoff concert headlined by the Fighting Jamesons and also featuring two newcomers to the fest, Kevin Flynn and the Avondale Ramblers and the Bastard Bearded Irishman. All that for only five bucks. Before the Fighting Jamesons, we heard the Kells with Rachel's Tune and Christmas Eve from their 2013 album Smooth Sailing After All. Our programming this week is made possible by support from Irish Fest, and we're very grateful for their assistance. Make your plans to come on out to Military Park, 
next Thursday through Sunday. I will be emceeing the North Stage on Saturday and Sunday, so please come over and say hello. In addition to all the fine music, there will be the usual assortment of great cultural displays and events, family activities, and the Irish Fest Marketplace. If you'd like more info, the website is IndieIrishFest.com. And right now, I've got two pairs of Irish Fest tickets, which I will give away to the first two people to send an email to KitchenPartyKaylee at gmail.com with the subject Irish Fest. Since we're talking about Indie Irish Fest exclusively this week, I thought it would be helpful to get someone on the inside to tell us about some of the new offerings this year. I had the chance recently to talk with Erin O'Rourke, the media coordinator for the festival, so let's check that out right now, exclusively on the Kitchen Party Kaylee. Well, Erin, we're very excited for Indie Irish Fest this year, and it is now less than a week away. Tell us what some of the new things are this year. Well, actually, we're really excited. This year on Thursday, we're going to have a craft beer tasting. So we're getting about 10 or 12 brewers on site. It's going to be $10, unlimited tastings, and you're going to receive a complimentary Irish Fest pint glass. Not glass, but plastic. But So we're excited about that. We've got some great bands coming on Thursday. We're partnering with Uber this year to make sure everybody gets home safe and sound. The really exciting thing is the Notre Dame and Purdue game, which we're hoping a lot of fans come in, come to the festival. But we're going to have the Notre Dame marching band on site on Saturday at 1 p.m. with the cheerleaders and the leprechaun. And then... We'll have the Celtic Mass on Sunday, like always, and we actually are having Silly Safari on Sunday as well for all the families that are coming out to the festival. So we're pretty excited. I think it's going to be a good year. So you mentioned the Thursday concert. There's mm-hmm. actually going to be two new bands. Two new bands, yes. Kevin Flynn and the Avondale Ramblers, and then the Bastard Bearded Irishmen, both uh, more Celtic rock groups um, with the Fighting Jameson. So I think it's going to be a pretty great lineup. $5 to get in for three bands, which is a great deal. And then we're going to have food trucks on site and then the craft beer tasting. So we can't wait. We're lucky to have the groups that we have coming in. We've got great volunteers, you know, great organizations coming to kind of promote and support the festival. So, yeah, 19, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give to, in the unlikely event that there's somebody listening who's never been to Irish Fest before and plans to go this year for the first time? Well, I am always encouraging my own friends and family to come attend the festival. I think we've got a lot for a lot of different people. If you just want to shop, there's shopping. There's family activities for anybody coming down with their families. We've got cultural demonstrations and exhibitions for anyone wanting to learn more about the Irish culture and history and heritage. And then if you like live music and beer, we've got that too. So we've got a great lineup of different food vendors coming on site. Clada will be there, obviously, and then some new ones as well. So I think we've got a good mix of lots of things for all sorts of people to hang out and enjoy. So, yeah. What will be some of the cultural demonstrations that people can look forward to? We are actually working on scheduling the cultural stage right now. So we are looking to get some Boran demonstrations done. Dimitri, I think, is going to be doing some flute there's just going to be a lot going on on that stage. And then Lynn and Mark Erher do our cultural exhibition. So we've got lots of just historical information that you can check. I think it's going to be a good mix of things for people wanting to learn more about their heritage and the culture. So give us the essentials about uh, what it costs to get in, where it's located, etc. Gotcha. And are you still doing the Sunday special? Yes. So it is $10 in advance and $15 at the gate. We're doing $5 on Thursday. And then we also have early bird on Friday from 4.30 to 5.30. That's going to be $5. And then on Sunday morning, if you come before 11.30, it's free admission as long as you bring three canned goods, I think, for the St. Vincent de Paul Food Bank. So we're affordable. If you're there the whole day, it should be a good time. So... Well, the committee certainly works hard to make all the bands feel welcome. I know that in my dealings with some of the bands like the Hounds of Finn and the Elders, 
they talk a lot about what the fest means to them personally and how well they're treated. Yes, well, I think both of those are great groups. And I do think we want people to have really great experiences from festival goers, from volunteers to the bands, so that everybody kind of enjoys the weekend and wants to come back, whether they're performing or volunteering. We do try really hard, and I, it really it makes us happy to hear that they're happy. So we're, we're really lucky. <laughs> Between last year and this year, you had rather a dramatic change to your organization in that, in that Terry Sweeney, the longtime executive director has mm-hmm. departed. Yes, and actually Mary Coffey is our new chair. She's been the vice chair for I think almost as long as Terry was in charge of it. So the transition's been pretty seamless. We, I think we've been very fortunate to have kind of the same leadership going forward. So it's new and exciting to have somebody else in charge with new ideas and new ways of looking at things. So I think this will be a good year for us and it's a good change and we do miss Terry, but I think it is new directions and new ideas. And so I'm excited. I think it'll be a good fest. It's always a bit of a challenge in order to maintain continuity Mm -hmm. and have enough familiarity, but also present new things, new ideas, and new bands in particular. Mm -hmm. Because looking at the lineup, we see a lot of old favorites returning. And there's also several new bands. Yes. we. I think that was something that we got a lot of great feedback last year was that the lineup was just very well balanced. We had Celtic rock for people that like that. We had more traditional bands. We had all the local favorites. We kind of stuck with that same plan for this year. For 20, we're already thinking ahead for next year of kind of switching it up and getting some new bands in. But I think for this year, at least, we had such a great mix and such great feedback. We were like, we could bring a lot of these same people back and then maybe go in a different direction for 20. So I think the new people that we've brought in with Burning Bridget Cleary, Kevin Flynn, and then the Bastards, I feel like it's going to be a good mix in addition to the groups we already have on site. So So again, getting back to the first-time attendees, to Mm -hmm. the newbies, pick out maybe two or three things that aren't necessarily your personal favorites, Mm -hmm. but things that you would recommend that are just absolutely not to be missed, whether it's food, a cultural event, a band. I think if people have not been, one thing I would definitely make sure to check out is the Hurling Club, the Indianapolis Gaelic Athletic Association. They'll be doing demos on site and talking about the sport. So if people don't really know what it is or how to play or anything, the whole team will be there. We'll be showing people how to play, how to use the hurley stick. So I think that is will be really fun for people to kind of find out and learn about. And just checking out the different shopping vendors we have on site. And our you know vendor coordinator does a really great job of making sure there's a great mix of products. So jewelry and clothing and you know all sorts of stuff is on site. So being able to check out that. And then I do feel like with the Celtic canines kind of over by the cultural area, that's a really great way for people to... The music is obviously the biggest draw for everybody. So I think being able to check out the cultural part of it, that's a big, important thing for us. You know, we're appreciating the heritage and we're trying to make sure that it's not just live music and food and drink. It's also about celebrating the Irish in Indianapolis and all the great things that they've done for the community. So being able to learn about that, I think, in that area is going to be good for people, too. So pulling all this together is quite an endeavor. You must have a tremendous staff and a lot of human resources to draw on for this. We do. I think throughout the whole entire week, and we end up having about 300 volunteers on site and that's including our staff which the entire committee and board is all volunteers so everybody's donating their time nobody gets paid so we're just really thankful and appreciative of all those people's supports our sponsors too i mean we would not be able to pull this festival off without our volunteers and sponsors so thank you to everybody (laughs) we really appreciate your support 
So if even at this late stage, somebody were still interested in volunteering for the fest, how would they go about doing that? They can find all that information on our website. So IndieIrishFest.com and there's a volunteer page and they'd be able to log in and register through that. We have an online system that you're able to schedule yourself and pick what shifts you'd like to volunteer for. And if people want to purchase advanced tickets, where can they do that? They can purchase tickets at Clada Irish Pubs and Marsh Grocery Stores. And they will also be able to purchase online through our website, again, IndieIrishFest.com. And there's just a PayPal option, and I believe we're going to be doing will call with that. So they can come pick them up on site. We'll have more information once they pay for the tickets. Well, we certainly appreciate your time, and thanks for being our guest, Aaron. And we're looking forward to an absolutely outstanding Indie Irish Fest. We are, too. We're very excited. Can't wait. My chat there with Indie Irish Fest Media Coordinator Aaron O'Rourke, which should tell you all you need to know about how to get involved with this year's event, whether as an attendee, a participant, or even a volunteer, which you can still do if the spirit moves you. We certainly appreciate Aaron taking time out of her very busy schedule to share this information with us. Our programming this week is made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers, the new pub and restaurant recently opened at 575 Massachusetts Avenue at the corner of Mass Ave and East Street in Indy. In addition to fine food and drink, they have live music, Irish only, Wednesday through Sunday. Our friends Dimitri Olano, John Andrew Bellner, and Mario Hoven are playing on Wednesdays, followed by Whiskey Runner on Thursdays. Tomorrow night, Saturday the 6th, will be the Irish Heirs, from whom we'll hear in just a moment. Lots of great things happening there, and we're happy to be associated with this fine venue. If you'd like more information, the website is nineirishbrothers.com, and the Facebook handle is NIB Indie. Let's hear now from the Irish Airs, the fine local group featuring Brian Cunningham on guitar and vocals, as well as his son Chris on boron and mandolin, Wyatt Watkins on fiddle, T.H. Gillespie on keys, and Shannon Forsell on vocals. We're going to go back a few years to the group's CD, Misa Air, for a medley of Gaston Gone and Hanging Out to Dry. They've been working on a new album, and we'll have it for you as soon as it's done. We'll follow that with what will probably be a familiar tune in an unfamiliar setting from some friends who made a huge impression last year and are back again, the Hounds of Finn. But first, here are the Irish airs on the Kitchen Party Kaylee.
Folds, Executive Director of the Celtic Colors International Festival, and you're listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee. Hounds of Finn there with a spirited cover of In God's Country from U2, which is about the only way you're going to hear a U2 song on this program. Not the sort of Irish music we usually play, but the Hounds of Finn certainly give it their treatment, about which we'll hear more in a moment. The Hounds were a first-time attendee last year and about stole the show, and we're glad to have them back. 
The group features Leslie Rich and Pete McCauley on guitars, vocals, and mandolin, along with Michelle McGregor on fiddle and David Drager on boron. We've just learned that Leslie will be leaving the group shortly after Irish Fest, which will be one of the last chances to see the great original lineup. More on that in a second. But before the Hounds of Finn, we had a medley of Gaston Gone and Hanging Out to Dry from the Irish Airs and their CD of a few years ago, Misa Air. Getting back to the Hounds of Finn, you may remember that a year ago tonight, we had an interview with Leslie Rich. I recently had the chance to chat with Pete McCauley and Michelle McGregor about the upcoming changes to the group and the wonderful creative process which resulted in their most recent album, Gravity Pulls, from which the song we just heard was drawn. Let's give a listen to what Pete and Michelle had to say, exclusively on The Kitchen Party Kaylee. We're here with Pete McCauley and Michelle McGregor of the Hounds of Finn. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, David. It's an honor to be on the program once again. Well, we're certainly looking forward to having you folks back in town for Indie Irish Fest. And there's a, a little bit of sadness involved because it apparently is going to be the last time that most of us are going to get to see your original lineup. Yeah, well, the Hounds of Finn have been together for about years, coming up on seven years, Leslie and I started the group as a duo back in late 2007, and then we added members over the course of the following year, but as it turns out, this year Leslie has decided he wants to step down and pursue other professional goals, so he's committed to perform with us through the end of September, that means that we'll be able to perform with him at the Indie Irish Fest, and then after that we're going to part ways, but we'll still, of course, remain friendly in that, you know, we'll probably end up working together again in the So what are your plans for moving forward? As we look ahead, we're going to take a moment here and look back. When I spoke with Leslie last fall in advance of your 2013 Indie Irish Fest appearance, he told the story of how you and he met Pete, and we're going to play that clip now and then get your version. All right, cool. Back in 2002, I was playing a long-since-past club in Minneapolis called the Urban Wildlife, and I was asking very, very politely for a little extra acoustic guitar in the drummer's monitor, and I was greeted with a little bit of profane language, which, when I came off stage afterwards, turned out to not be the guy that was running the board that night, but Pete McCauley, and we've been good friends ever since. Okay, Pete, what do you have to say about that? Audience in the house because you 
can always tell who's heckling you when there's only five or six people in the audience. So, yeah, I believe it was a request for monitor, and I decided I would put my true sense in, so I yelled out in the middle of the performance. Now, this is documented in audio recordings, so I can't get out of it, even if I wanted to, so... <laughs> Tell us about your musical upbringing, Pete, and the musical road that led you to the Hounds of Finn. Well, um, as far as my musical upbringing, I really grew up listening to classic rock. I mean, I was generally raised listening to Rock 102, based out of Springfield, Massachusetts, where they played lots of The Who, Rolling Stones, Foreigner, that kind of stuff. That was what I listened to, and then when I was in eighth grade, I had some friends who played music, and they invited me over to a rehearsal session. And when I got there, they played a song about a car. It's just what I needed. They played it note for note, just the way you hear it on the radio, and I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God, people can actually recreate that live? I had no idea. I thought, you know, it was just all radio magic. So I was turned up by watching my friends play this song that I heard on the radio that I really loved, and I was hooked. I immediately said, oh, I want to learn how to play the drums. So I went home, and I told my dad, I said, hey, Dad, I really want to learn how to play the drums. What do you think? And he just looks up at me from his airplane and says, no, no drums. And so I was devastated, and I sat there staring at my broccoli for a while. And so finally he spoke up again a few minutes later, and he said, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll get you a guitar if you want. So that's how I started guitar. And then when it comes to the Irish music, over the years I studied a lot of different styles. And I got really into uh, classical guitar, and I got really into jazz guitar. And as a result of jazz guitar, I got into listening to of the new instrumental music like Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. So I started getting into some instrumental music like banjo music, which then led to bluegrass and led to Celtic music. Primarily, there was a program called The Thistle and Shamrock that really kind of turned me on to Celtic music. And so I've always had this in the back of my mind. I always thought, oh, it'd be really fun to play more instrumental music of the Celtic and bluegrass variety. And so when I met Leslie, which was the natural fit for us to go learn some Irish and go play at the Irish pub in town as really just a, a way to make some extra money in our pockets. And it took off pretty quickly after that. We started getting booked more often, and then over the course of the next year, we met Michelle McGregor, who actually brought us a whole lot more traditional material and legitimized us in that whole scene a hundredfold. So it was a fortuitous meeting. So Michelle, what about your musical path? Well, when I was about eight years old, I started playing violin in the orchestra and I played through seventh grade or so and the school stopped having orchestra they canceled it so I stopped playing for many many years and then uh, as an adult I decided to take it back up again but one thing that I didn't like about orchestra was you couldn't tap your foot you couldn't move in your seat <laughs> you had to follow note for note and those things really didn't fit my personality so I decided to just start playing fiddle music and I'd always grown up listening to it anyway. My mom had it on the house, you know, Chieftain. She said she had the Chieftains on, the headphones on her belly when I was growing up in there. So, you know, may or may not have something to do with it. But I definitely fell in love with the traditional music and started playing in Denver, Colorado. And so 
There were a lot of Irish sessions, and so I really grew up in that genre. I found that my path led to a more Scottishness. My family heritage is more Scottish, actually, too, and that might, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it just, I just felt more akin to the Scottish sound. So I started playing Scottish tunes with an Irish accent, because, because I was, you know, I had learned the Irish tunes and the Irish way in town, and then I'm playing stuff. So then I decided to just make my own thing. So, to the best parts of the is the Irish that I like, the best parts of the Scottish, the Cape Breton, some French Canadian fiddle music, and a little bit of Americana, you know, anything I like from any genre, I kind of pull from that, and, and that's what defines my style. So I just try to do my own thing, whatever makes me click with the stuff that I like. Well, one of the contributions of yours that's very hard to miss is the extent to which the band's arrangements all seem at some point to have this traditional or traditional-sounding melody running through them. Yeah, we, we actually all, it's kind of a combination of some of the tunes that you'll hear, they're traditional, and they've been around for many, many years, and there's also quite a few of them that we've written. Some I've written primarily, some we've written together. He's written tunes now, too, so it's kind of a combination we all throw in. So for the fans who have not had the privilege of seeing you thus far, Give us a little preview of what we can look forward to at Indie Irish Fest. We generally like to keep things pretty high energy. We like to have a lot of fun when we're on stage, and so being able to play high energy music on stage in front of a crowd is always a good time because we get a lot of energy from the crowd, and just the idea of getting up on stage in front of people is pretty energizing. So we like to keep things mostly pretty up-tempo. We definitely mix in the occasional ballad and slower number here and there. But we like to get the audience involved with, you know, clapping along, and we always encourage dancing as possible. But for the most part, we like to start off with high-energy original material where we're singing a song and mixing in some traditional melodies as well. And then as the concert goes on, we like to kind of, you know, maybe bring it down a little bit in the middle where so we can relax a bit, have a, a slower ballad or maybe even a, a slower tune or a waltz. But we also like to mix in a couple of very traditional melody and tune sets as well. So we'll throw in a couple of tune sets where we're mixing together a couple of Irish tunes or Scottish Deep Breton tunes. They'll usually pick back up towards the end with more of our own material and throw in a couple of traditional pop songs as well. So we really do like to mix it up and it's fairly self-indulgent because the idea is that we have to entertain ourselves as well as other people. So we like to mix up the material so that we don't get bored with it. We certainly have been enjoying your most recent album, Gravity Pulls, from which we've played quite a number of tracks. Tell us about your creative process when it comes to your originals. Where do you get your ideas from? What are your sources? When I am writing material, I generally am approaching it from a harmonic structure first. So I'm playing chords. I'll be noodling around with chords on the guitar or the mandolin, and that will lead me to a melody. And then if I have the wherewithal to actually put lyrics together as well, I'll, I'll add that on top. For the most part, it starts from a chord structure background. And with this style of music that we're playing, I find that because Celtic music and Americana, especially bluegrass music, are so closely related, they're really evolutionary steps along the same path. There's a very interesting relationship between Celtic music and bluegrass music, and so I like to incorporate different elements of both of those into my original songwriting. But when it boils down to it, the original songwriting is really quite poppy. The formula is very standard pop music. A verse in the chorus, a verse in the chorus, maybe a bridge, and then out. So I like to write my songs as structured in pop, using different methods out of Celtic and bluegrass that I can give to it, and then hopefully... If we're in a good place, I can sit down with Michelle 
and we can then find some more traditional material that might even fit along with it. My tune writing process, since I, I really am lyrically challenged, I, I don't write songs, <laughs> but I write tunes, which basically means just instrumental. I'm usually sitting in nature somewhere outside and just have a kind of a calm head, and it just starts uh, coming in, and I just start putting it down. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't write it down, I just play it, and I play it over and record it so I don't forget mm. what I've done. That's usually my process, and that's if I'm just writing my own tune. If I'm writing a tune that has to fit with the band, then I'll take the guitar and I'll, I'll find something from the chords. I'll follow the chord structure and, and then just kind of have fun with it and, and think about the, the way the song feels and if it needs to be upbeat or if it needs to be a little more mellow or maybe sexy you know, or, you know, depending on what the, the song is asking for is what, what I try to find. Well, fans can hear the results of your efforts on, as I said, your most recent album, Gravity Pulls, which is available at your website along with all your tour dates at houndsoffin.com. And we certainly appreciate both of you taking the time to be with us today, and we're looking forward to having you come to town. Well, we are really looking forward to the, looking forward to the Indianapolis Irish Festival. Indianapolis Fest treated us so well last year. We had such a great time. Yeah. We're really looking good. forward to getting back down there and doing it again. Absolutely. My chat there with Pete McCauley and Michelle McGregor from the Hounds of Finn, and to say that we're looking forward to having them back in town with us for Irish Fest would be an understatement. They'll be doing multiple sets, so you'll have several chances to hear them. And that leads us into our local focus. We've been giving away copies of every Wednesday night, the excellent CD released by the Indianapolis Cayley Band a few years ago, each week leading up to Indie Irish Fest, at which the Cayley Band will be appearing. Tonight's winner will be the first to send a direct message to the Kitchen Party Kaylee Facebook page. I also want to mention that the Indie Irish Arts Academy is currently enrolling for its fall session, which begins on September 20th. If you ever wanted to learn an instrument from some of the best musicians in town, or perhaps Irish dance, culture, or language, now would be a good time to do so. And if you'd like more info on how to become involved, the website is irishartsindie.org slash fall hyphen 2014. And for our local focus tonight, let's feature a track from Allaire. We'll go back to their 2007 album, Celtic Quartet, for a slip jig, The Butterfly, featuring Jennifer Midkiff on harp, Vicki Waterman on flute, Yunhei Kim on cello, and Emily Ann Thompson on fiddle. Let's check that out right now on The Kitchen Party Kaylee.
You are listening to The Kitchen Party Kaylee. That was a lair with the butterfly from their 2007 CD, Celtic Quartet, this week's local focus. We're getting near the end of our show for today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to having you join us again next week. I want to thank our sponsors, Nine Irish Brothers in Indianapolis and Indie Irish Fest. Reach us by email at kitchenpartykaylee, that's all one word, and Kaylee is C-E-I-L-I-D-H, at gmail.com, by Twitter at at KPC underscore radio, or through our Facebook page. You can find podcasts and playlists from all of our shows at iTunes. For our final track this week, let's conclude our Indie Irish Fest coverage with another track from Burning Bridget Cleary, an old-time medley of Oh My Little Darlin' and Fire on the Mountain. Until next time, I am your host, Dave Baghdad, and I thank you for listening. We'll see you here again on Friday at 8 p.m., right after the Hog Eye Navi Show. Slán Ogat. Oh, my little darling, don't you weep and moan. Some sweet days are coming, gonna carry my baby home. Oh, my little darling, don't you weep and cry. Some sweet days are coming, gonna marry you and I. Pretty girls all are laughing, our wives are always crying. Oh, my little darling, don't you weep and cry. Some sweet days are coming, gonna marry you and I. Give me hold the wagon, give me hold the line. I bust my sides laughing to see them horses trying. Oh, my little darling, don't you weep and cry. Some sweet days are coming when I marry you and I. Some sweet days are coming, gonna marry you and I.
You've been listening to the Kitchen Party Kaylee on WITT 91.9 FM, Indianapolis Community Radio. This program was made possible by support from Nine Irish Brothers and Indie Irish Fest. We hope that you'll join us again next Friday at 8 p.m. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is written, produced, and hosted by Dave Baghdad and was recorded at EMAS Studios in Broad Ripple. The Kitchen Party Kaylee is a fortnight production. Thanks for listening.